Welcome to Carers Week 2020. I think we'd all agree that there's never been a more important year to recognise and celebrate carers because many carers have been tested to their limits through COVID. They've lost loved ones, been prevented from seeing loved ones due to lockdowns, have used all their leave entitlements in many cases to care for others. And it's fair to say that many are feeling very fatigued and worried about the future and how they will care for their loved ones living and working through a pandemic ongoing. I'm Emma Walsh, the CEO of Parents at Work, and I'm delighted to be interviewing the CEO of Carers Australia, Liz Callaghan, who is here to tell us about Carers Week and why it's so vital we recognise and support carers. Welcome, Liz. Thanks, Emma. How are you? Yes, very well, thanks. Although I must admit, I really can relate to feeling fatigued as a carer myself. I've got three kids and at one stage through the lockdown as well, we were living with my elderly parents. So, you know, although I've been very fortunate that no one's been ill with COVID, uh, I can only just imagine just how heartbreaking this has been for families that have been you know, incredibly affected by it. So I'm delighted you're here today to talk to us. And I thought we might start with, tell us first, what Carers Australia is advocating for and supporting around Carers Week 2020? Because for some people, this will be perhaps their first time really understanding what Carers Australia does. Mm. Yes, thank, thanks, Emma. I think you're right. I think um, up until COVID, uh, I think carers and, and what carers do has largely been hidden. I think from from uh, most of society um, in some ways, and unless you are an actual carer, um, you don't really understand what that means. So National Carers Week really is about recognising and celebrating the outstanding contribution of Australia's 2.65 million unpaid carers, and we're heading towards our 30th year of celebrating Carers Week. So that's quite. Um, quite a feat really and what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise awareness of all that carers do so that Australia values and supports the contribution that carers make to those they care for and to the community as a whole so this year we're asking all carers to tell us why you care via the campaign website which is carersweek.com.au so that we can publish real accounts from real carers and paint a very authentic picture of caring in Australia. And so by raising the awareness of unpaid carers among Australians, we'll improve understanding of this crucial role and one that's likely to impact us all during our lifetimes, whether we're mm. a carer or, or, in fact, need a carer. So ultimately we want to see unpaid care recognised as a share respons shared responsibility of family, um, community, businesses and, and government. and Really, Emma, there's been quite a lot of COVID challenges um, for carers, um, uh, which you, you've probably heard about as well. But we, we know that caring can, um, for someone can often be isolating um, and demanding. Um, and so I think COVID-19 has just added another level of complexity for carers, as you described uh, earlier about caring for your children and, and older parents. And carers have had to isolate and often um, many social support activities and respite options um, have been ceased or postponed during lockdown and in Victoria um, 
they're still facing that that situation. And I really think the contribution of carers has been largely invisible to governments. Um, Carers have stayed at home and sheltered with vulnerable people. And if they hadn't done that, we really would not be in the relatively good position we are currently in. And so they they haven't been recognised or adequately supported during COVID. And that's why National Carers Week is is so important to really um, provide that recognition uh, for all the hard work, particularly in 2020. Mm, I agree. Perhaps you can share with us some of the facts and figures around how many Australians are caring for others and what, yeah, I guess, how are we faring as a nation of mm. caring for others? You mentioned 2.65 million unpaid carers that you identify with, but I suspect it's a lot higher this year. Um, people have probably stepped into caring roles that they didn't identify with prior. Mm, absolutely. And I think carers, I think that's a, that's a key thing, isn't it, that carers really don't identify um, uh, as a carer. And if you're, if you're a, um, a daughter or a son or a mother, um, a cousin or a family friend, you're doing that caring role because you love that person. But there are additional responsibilities that you face as a carer. So, yes, there are 2.65 million unpaid carers in Australia, and, a, and there are about 860,000 of those, what we, uh, what we would call primary carers. So that's a person who provides the most care to an individual. So that more than half of whom provide care for over 20 hours per week. Um, and a third of that number actually provide care for over 40 hours per week. And we know that 70% of carers are women in that uh, primary carer role, which means 30% um, are men. Um, and there are over 235,000 young carers in Australia. So they're, they're um, young carers aged from 12 to 25. Uh, um, and, uh, um, and they make up about one in 11 um, of the total number of carers. And so a young carer might be someone who's assisting um, uh, their their parents to care for a, a sibling, or in, indeed caring um, uh, for their one or more of their parents. So we we know that the replacement value of all unpaid care provided this year will be just under seventy eight billion dollars. That's almost one point five billion dollars per week, and those figures were derived prior to COVID nineteen. So we can just imagine how much more. Uh, that that figure would be. And so with our ageing population, the demand on unpaid carers is only set to increase, with the number of people able or willing to perform unpaid caring roles declining. And so we really say, you know, carers really do so much for our country and are the backbone of aged care, disability care and general health care services. And we know that aged care and NDIS, for example, would be completely unaffordable if it was not for the efforts of unpaid carers. Mm. When you put it like that, you know, I would suspect that we're heading, you know, heading for a crisis potentially in how we care for people in Australia. You know, what do you think are the particular challenges, you know, we need to be aware of as a society, as government, as businesses, as we look ahead, you know, over the next 12 months, what what are you concerned about and worried about that should be on everyone's mind? Mm. Well, I think, and I think you're right, we go back to COVID-19, it's really shown us 
um, and sh shone a light on some of these mm. issues, I think. So we know that many carers, um, even before COVID-19, have to give up their employment, especially when they're first confronted with a caring role or when it begins to intensify because they can't see how they can reconcile their current employment situation with that role. And yet they may not actually need to do that. And so what they and their employers need to consider, I guess, are adjustments to their working conditions, which may allow them to do both. And that might include, as we've seen during COVID, options such as working from home, job sharing. I'm working from home today. Um, requesting lower level work to accommodate caring and flexible working hours or days, you know, that having some ability to uh, provide flexibility um, is very important. So in some cases, the nature of employment, though, is such it can't accommodate flexibility. And so if COVID-19 has told us anything, it's that there are many more options open to employers and employees than observing traditional working hours in the workplace. Mm. And so we need those much more flexible arrangements. So in, in addition to being receptive to flexible arrangements um, to accommodate carers, it's also important that employers make it known to all of their staff, including managers and co-workers, that they're a carer-friendly employer and that carers won't be penalised by asking for the adjustments they need. And that's why organisations such as yours, Parents at Work, can help to support workplaces to become carer-friendly. Mm. And, you know, in New South Wales, there are other organisations such as Carers and Employers Program that defines best practice standards for supporting staff when caring, uh, with caring responsibilities. So um, mm. that is something that um, we need to build on, on those um, things and we need to create carer-friendly workplaces because this mm. has advantages for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it's interesting because we, we typically, are, I think, are very good at rallying in, you know, a, what I call a, a one-off crisis moment. Yes. So I, I see government and I see business and I see the community really rally, um, particularly, for example, around the bushfires, mm. you know, earlier this year. And, you know, organisations, for example, stepping up and making sure that emergency volunteer firefighters in their organisation um, got the paid leave to mm. be there on the front line and support, for example. Um, but caring is, you know, it's not a one-off. Mm. It's ongoing. That's right. And, you know, it, it's a bigger fish to fry, if you like, a, a bigger problem um, that organisations, you know, perhaps have not known quite where the line is around, oh, you know, what's our role as an organisation to get involved in supporting people with carers' responsibility? You know, how, how do you think that needs to shift into the future? Well, I think really we have to be demonstrating the benefits to the economy of this and I think the, the benefits are very clear. So there are benefits to carers. Um, so in addition to their earnings and retaining a connection to the workforce, work in itself can constitute respite from caring, uh, offering less social isolation and maintenance of more kind of a stronger sense of self. And so retaining connection to the workforce is really, really important. Um, and in addition, after years of dedicated caring, for example, many carers may find it difficult to find employment without a current resume and current referees if you haven't been in, in the workforce and remained connected to the workforce. That's why it's very important. Mm. 
But I mean, there are there are programs such as Your Caring Way, which is run out of Queensland by Carers Queensland that assists carers in retraining in order to find employment. But that needs to be really um, strengthened. So, but we know that the research shows that benefits to employers, including retention of experienced staff and high levels of productivity um, when carers are at work, is is a fact. Um, and there's also you know, things like recruitment cost savings and you and you want to I think work sorry, workplaces these days really value loyal workers who appreciate the support they receive and the benefits of workforce diversity, um, which is a really prominent theme, I suppose, in management and business literature. So the 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 and I think to go back to the point you made earlier, um, is this rapidly growing aging population. Um, of people who want to stay at home for as long as possible um, will continue to remain reliant on the care provided by family and friends to a large extent. So the aged care system, as I said, wouldn't be sustainable without carers. So there are a number of potential working aged carers. Um, there, the, the, the number of actual potential working aged carers relative to the number of people needing care has diminished, as you pointed out, um, and is only going to continue to do so. And so there's also on top of that, there are smaller families, um, there's increased participation of women in the workforce and the need to have two incomes to support families. So it's a very significant issue and I think um, that's why we at Carers Australia, we've um, engaged places like Deloitte's to show the economic value and benefit of um, unpaid carers because it is very substantial. And if we don't if we don't support carers um, to be able to combine work and care, they'll have to abandon one of those roles. And so if, so if it is work, there'll be a very substantial rise in the cost of social welfare. And if it is care that they abandon, there will need to be a significant rise in the cost of paid carers. So we have to actually address this issue. Yeah, I, look, I don't think employers can really avoid it, even if they chose that, you know, that this Absolutely. wasn't of interest to them. You know, there's certainly I know that, you know, when I think about just my own circle of family and friends and you have that conversation around, well, how's it all going, how you're managing work and and the kids and, you know, the homeschooling or the parents or whatever the question was. And, you know, invariably you very, you know, quickly got into a discussion about their work. Hmm. Oh, my employer's been great, my manager's been fantastic, or my work's been really difficult mm-hmm. and my manager's been really difficult. Um, it, it quickly has got into a conversation around, yeah, how well their employer mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. responded to supporting them to work flexibly, mm-hmm. how understanding their employer has been of their caring responsibilities. And it's really going to separate those employers. Absolutely. That have, you know, Yep. Being empathetic and those that haven't, and mm-hmm. what people say about that employment brand Absolutely. to their friends, I agree, neighbours, etc. Yeah, it's really on people's minds, mm-hmm. and it and that's right, and that's what people want from a workplace too, isn't it? You know, you want to be valued, you want to be supported, um, and I know the research shows it that you'll give back. You know. Um, as much as what an employer gives to you, and and we've seen that seen that very much during COVID, and I just can't imagine the stress um, carers must be under if they don't have that supportive uh, workplace environment during these times. I, you know, it it contributes to um, the mental health of carers. We already know that carers have 
um, often um, are susceptible to having really poor mental health outcomes um, anyway because of all the additional stress um, that you can be under. So adding this workplace um, uh, issues just, you know, just heightens that that stress that carers are feeling. And we, I mean, we, we surveyed um, a number of carers during, uh, I guess, when most of the country was under lockdown. And we know that um, there are a number of concerns that carers raised, particularly around their own health and wellbeing, um, mm. accessing services, um, having support to, to provide them with their caring role in the first place. Um, their employment was one of the really key ones. So, as you said, where there was flexibility offered, it contributed to the well-being of carers and the well-being of those families overall. They were very concerned about their own finances and, um, you know, access to things like technology. And, that you know, homeschooling has been so difficult for so many people. Um, and... I think, you know, we all certainly have a new appreciation of, of, of how teachers manage um, uh, their jobs and their roles and, and, and that's great. But, it, you know, it is just um, very, mm. been a very stressful time for everyone. Mm, mm. So I'm thinking what I'm hearing is you'd really like employers to respond just as they would have a health and wellbeing strategy, making sure they've got a caring strategy for their organisation as well. Absolutely. That really they come together, don't they, health, wellbeing and caring? Absolutely. Um, because they're all the same thing, just a slightly different um, angle and uh, way that they, they come about. And I think, you know, certainly there's there is no... I don't think there'd be anyone who would argue that there hasn't been certainly a physical and mental health impact, you know, somewhere in their workplace from COVID. Absolutely. And, you know, and most likely it's going to come from people who have, you know, additional work-life conflict situations going on. Um, so that's important. Let's turn our attention to carers themselves for a moment. You know, where can carers go to access the help they need? I know that there'll be people that obviously identify with being a carer, they're well-versed in this, um, but for others, just might be the first time they're really needing to reach out for support and are really struggling to know where to go. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a good question. And this year, the federal government have actually um, rolled out something called the Carer Gateway. And this is a carer-specific service, um, and it only rolled out in April this year, so the timing was very good. And just for listeners, the phone number is one eight hundred four double two seven three seven, and that would put you in touch with information on supports and services that are available uh, to carers in the area in which you're ringing from. So the service um, carer services. Uh, can be accessed all over Australia through this Carer Gateway, and that, so it's not only a phone line. It's a um, it's a website where there's a range of online resources, and so that website's carergateway.gov.au, and these resources are available to promote carer wellbeing, as we've talked about, um, including um, showing you how you can access respite, uh, financial help, um, accessing phone counselling and support. There's also sort of peer-to-peer online forums where you can talk to other carers, uh, which is very, you know, very good when we're all, you know, um, so, so socially isolated. 
Um, there's some information about self-guided coaching and skills courses. So by calling the Carer Gateway, you'll be put in touch with a Carer Gateway service provider who can talk you through available supports and put you in touch with services in your local area. So it's a very important support piece for all carers. And of course, you can also call your state and territory-based carer network organisations, um, which I represent. Mm. And you can find details of these on the front page of the Carers Australia website. So mm. it's if, if, if you don't mind, Emma, I'd like to just put a, a bit of a plug out for the young carers, which I mentioned before. It's mm. important to note that anyone listening who might have a caring role and also have children assisting with that role uh, between the ages of 12 and 25, that there is a young carers network available with young carer-focused information. Um, again, that can be accessed through the Carers Australia website and um, young carers actually are also eligible to apply for young carer bursaries and um, that's to assist with their schooling, whether that's at um, university or any other um, high school level or beyond. Uh, and that's a payment. Um, uh, the program offers a 1,000 bursaries of $3,000 each year and young carers across Australia can apply from late July until early September. We've just finished this round. But I think it's really important to say that, you know, carers are not just what what you think, you know, age between 45 and 65. There's a lot of young carers. As I said before, there's over 230,000 young carers who identify as young mm. carers in Australia. There's probably many, many more. And government is really keen to support young carers as well. And it's very much linked to that employment piece we were talking about as well. Mm. Mm. Yes, of course, because it can not only disrupt their studies, but they're also their potential to join the workforce and develop their career skills. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess as a final note, I think a lot of people, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the call, um, which is can identify with feeling, if you like, carer's fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote an article on this actually um, a couple of years ago now and it was <laughs> got some really interesting comments back and I I put out my own personal story of, you know, why I was feeling care of fatigue and that, you know, really it, it is a thing mm. and, you know, how can we make sure that we, you know, recognise when we, you know, have been doing a lot of caring and that our bucket's probably drained um, and that it is a need to make sure that we fill that bucket, we put the oxygen mask on in mm. order to continue helping mm. and that if we don't, obviously the risk is incredible burnout Mm. and potentially, you know, a breakdown. And so, you know, what advice do you have for people who will be feeling huge Mm. amounts of carers' fatigue, I think, you know, Mm. we're almost nine months in Mm. to this crisis um, for some? I I think that's that's a really good question and I I think, you know, what we would say is that if if you can take just five minutes out for yourself and just to try and replenish and refill your bucket. Try and um, do something that supports you. And and it's very difficult to do um, in some locations. So in, in Victoria, for example, where you, you know, you're just not allowed out of the house and there isn't access to respite services or it's difficult for family and friends to come and support you. It's very hard to have a physical uh, break. Um, so uh, using things like podcasts or meditation apps, 
those type type of well-being focused um, things, whatever it is that gives you joy, if it's making candles, if it's doing scrapbooking, if it's, you know, um, playing online games, what, whatever it is, um, thinking about what helps you to fill your bucket is really important. Um, to me, uh, I fill my bucket by sitting by myself and just reading. You know, that energises mm. me and I feel rested um, and, I, and I like that. So it's it's giving yourself permission to to do that and to understand mm. if you are, are not able to do that, you're not able to care at the level that, that you want to care for, I suppose. But also yes. knowing you, you there are services out there that can support you. You know, go on to the Carer Gateway and look for some, you know, some sort of support through online counselling, um, particularly if, you, if you're really feeling um, so ex- exhausted. And I think sleep is really, you know, sleep is really important. If you are not getting sleep, it's very hard to um, to function. And as you say, after nine months, it's um, there are so many people out there that are at the end of their end of their tether. But I guess we have to take um, take stock of the fact that that we seem like as a country we are coming out. Um, and I guess focus on what you can control and what you can manage and, you know, thinking of future events that will um, bring you joy. It's, it's a whole, there's a whole range of things, but I, I do really think that there does need to be some carer-specific um, supports uh, out there mm. for carers mm. and, and there is on the Carer Gateway, but really particularly around COVID, I think um, you're, you're right, people's buckets are empty and people are very, very stressed. And um, as a country, we all are. We've never been down this track before, but reaching out is the first step, isn't it? Reaching out for support mm. and, 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 yeah. and self-care. That's what and recognising you're not alone, I think. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes you have that moment of why can't I cope um, mm. and everyone else around me seems to be, which often that's not the it's case. Not the case. No. No, and I, I know for me, I, you know, I often have to do what I call a stop, start, continue list. <laughs> you know, what are the things that I need to write, take stock? What do I need to start doing that I'm not doing? What do I need to continue doing that supports me? And what do I need to stop doing that actually is not helping me right now? And, you know, I, I have to sort of self-coach in that moment going, yep, okay, I know what I need to do now, now I need to do it. But as you say, very difficult to do that if you're in the in the midst of it. And the only other piece of, of guidance that's helped me that I'd offer is this one day at a time. You know, each day is a different day and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> and um, what we do know is what's ahead of us today and, and what, what do we want to, um, how do we want to make the most of that day? What's the most important thing that needs to happen? Mm. And, you know, what else can I do that would support me? And, um, you know, recognising that, uh, as I said, you're not alone out there. There is help. Liz, it's been wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you so much for everything you've offered. The work that you... Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah, the work that you and the team at Carers Australia is doing is, you know, without doubt, doubt, vital, extremely valued, and I hope continues to be you know, invested in um, by government and understood by business that there is a need for this. And, uh, yes, I wish you all the best of success with uh, Carers Week, um, which is... 
the is it the 11th of October it starts? Yes, it does. Yes, and there'll be plenty of things to see on social media and um, uh, just in the general public. So we've got some exciting ambassadors that are promoting Carers Week and, um, yes, it should just be a really good celebration of all that carers do. Thank you so much for inviting uh, me to talk to you and um, you should give yourself a pat on the back as well for all the work that you do for parents and carers at work and I think together we can try and bring this change, um, a very important change that needs to happen. Yes, onwards and upwards, Liz. That's hopeful. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much and uh, all the best with Carers Week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au.